the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Well, it was bound to happen. Um, Not exactly a crime victim, but it came awfully close. It felt like an attempted uh, mugging. Somebody was eyeballing my watch at lightning speed. Uh, A maniac on one of those scooters came about, he must have been going 40, 35, 40 miles per hour on a scooter really, really fast in the wrong direction. I was hailing a cab, right? I had my right arm out. And this guy came so close, he was trying to find out if I had a watch. He muttered something. I uh, couldn't really understand what he was saying. It was in another language. He was dressed in all black, going fast. He almost severed my arm off. My theory is he was trying to take a watch. But being that I am right-handed, I don't wear my watch on my right hand, which is trying to get the cap. It's on my left hand. He came so close, and his head was like leaning over toward my... It was the weirdest fastest thing and i consider myself lucky i also consider him lucky he would have been in big trouble granted i would not have been able to catch him i would not have been able to what could i have done um it is dicey out there that's the least of it my little adventure you see what's happening on the streets it is awful it is disgusting it is depraved and it was all avoidable it would not have happened with president trump it would not have happened with Mayor Giuliani or Mayor Mike Bloomberg, but it is festering under this punk who brought it, who invited it to the city, who has antagonized even his friends. There's one little lame thing we could count on in having a Democrat mayor. Okay, you're friends with the Democrat president. Wrong. Even Biden wants to screw over Adams. Um, just horrific and is getting worse. However, however, ooh, actually... And I'll get to that in a little bit. There's a, a beautiful synopsis of, of just why we're in this predicament and what's going to happen next. Should we do that now, actually? I don't know who put this together, but it just kind of sums things up so well. The Democrat election playbook. You ready for this? This is what's going down. Cut 17. Democrat election playbook explained. A nine-step plan to blame Donald Trump for the border crisis. Step one, flood the country for three years with millions of illegal aliens. Step two, watch approval numbers on the border drop below 20%. Step three, election year is here. Decide you need to act now that you've let millions of illegals into the country and the American people are pissed. Step four, line up some rhinos in the Senate to assist with the next phase of the plan. Step five, Work with the rhinos on a bipartisan basis to devise a garbage piece of legislation that would make the crisis considerably worse. Step six, ensure the bill is so bad that becomes toxic for Republicans. So much so that even the Republican rhino leadership who helped negotiate it is forced to abandon it. Step seven, message the doomed legislation as the strongest immigration and border bill in history, knowing the media will faithfully echo your propaganda. Step eight, claim the only reason Republicans abandoned the bill is because Trump wants to use the open border as a campaign issue. Step nine, adopt your new 2024 campaign mantra. The border crisis is Trump's fault. Every day between now and November, the American people are gonna know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump. 
Is that perfect or what? That's what's happening. That's the world we're in. Um, We don't fall for it, but you'd be surprised how many people do, how many people are. And, you know, I'm I'm fixing to possibly give President Trump some advice. Um, Although it seems like he's already taking it without even hearing it from me. You know, everybody in the world, I heard this actually from two different presidents. Most of the time when they meet people, it's the people giving them advice. People talk at presidents. They just want to be heard, and everybody is convinced that they know what the president should do. You hear it all day long on uh, on cable news everywhere, uh, people telling the president what he should do, what they think he should do. Donald Trump, you could just... Since the day he came down the escalator, everyone telling him constantly to do the opposite of what he actually did and who was right, who was wrong. He was right. And somehow right now, what is he? He's the Republican de facto nominee, 90 percent support in the Republican Party, 95 percent support. Nikki Haley is going down fast. I mean, she's really already down. She's dead. She's finished. He's War indictments, arrested, all this kind of stuff, yet he is on top. This guy has metaphysical kind of like a supernatural ability. There's something extra human about the whole thing. There's something totally wild. And I'm not going to give a guy like that advice. I'm going to try to get whatever advice I can from him the moments I should, uh, you know, Get get to talk to him, which happens from time to time. I am uh, I'm pretty lucky. A couple of times a year, half a dozen times a year, I get to talk to the president, and uh, that is that is very cool. And going back since I don't know when did I start talking to him? Twenty oh nine, twenty oh nine, I think. Although I first met him when I was a freshman in college in nineteen eighty seven. Yep, The Art of the Deal just came out. We all went down from Fordham University to get our books signed. It was a big deal. A great big reception, open to the public, at Trump Tower, and uh, I was there with my my um, sweet mates. Not sweet mates. What 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 do you call that? A dormitory. We were all in a dormitory, and um, uh, a bunch of us from the floor, about seven of us, went down. And to be honest, at first I was I I, I was waiting in line to get the book signed, and I. Didn't know all that much about Donald Trump. You know, you couldn't like just check out the internet. And I, I wanted to know where he went to college. So how do you know, how do you find that stuff out? You got to go to the library. How do you find that stuff out? Well, I had the book. You can't go to the internet. I had the book. I went to the index just to, just out of curiosity. And he went to Fordham for two years. He went to Fordham. And I was like, wow, he went to Fordham. And then he transferred out. Uh, that was, that was impressive. And the other thing is I noticed this, uh, guy, uh, Billy, I can't remember his last name, started talking to him about the Woolman rink and, uh, you know, Trump renovated the Woolman rink and Trump talked to this guy, Billy, you know, this 18 year old kid from, uh, you know, just school, like he was, um, a head of state. You know, it didn't matter that he was 18 years old and a kid or he was talking to the Pope. It was he, he was speaking to him with like respect, but also like like speaking to a peer. And there was something really impressive about that. Anyway, what I want him to do, but he's already doing it, is to start start talking to the left, start talking to the people 
who have been hearing lies about Donald Trump, feasting on lies about Donald Trump uh, for, what is it, nine years now. Ever since he came down that escalator, that's when the lies started, really, in overdrive, lie after lie. If you listen to, and there are, there are good people out there, there are good people out there who believe the fake news. They're just not as uh, savvy as we are. They turn on the TV and they see Lester Holt and it's like, that's a fine looking gentleman. He wouldn't lie to me. He wouldn't distort the news. And they hear all that stuff and they believe it. So I want Donald Trump to go to them. And when he does go to them, he he may have to modify his style just a little bit. He's already got us. He's got MAGA. I'm suggesting they just look today. I'm not talking to MAGA. I am talking to you. And by you, I mean I don't know. Maybe you maybe you're a guy and you wear earrings. Maybe you are maybe you are different. Let's just say different, okay? Maybe you live in downtown San Francisco. In fact, I'm going to go to downtown San Francisco. Let me ask you. If you are whatever you are, whatever you do sexually, that's what you do. But I don't care what you do. You don't like the homelessness. You don't like the crime, right? You like America? We, I don't know what the words are. He can figure it out. And I, I really feel that there's a moment. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in November. Feels like anything could happen. The country could blow up. We don't know. But here's another possibility. He could win with 60% of the vote. He could win 30 states, 35 states. He could win by a landslide. He's got the time now. He's got a major head start compared to an ordinary, you know, race, an ordinary, right? I mean, he's got this thing locked up. It's February, nine months to go, 10 months to go. This is, it's an amazing opportunity. And I would love it if he could start talking to, you know, he's going to go to the Bronx and he's going to be well-received up there. And I'm sure he's going to be, but... If he, and he doesn't even have to change his tone. Actually, if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to do anything. He could just announce to people, "Hey, every I want. If you have never listened to a Trump rally, please listen to this one." Now that's hard too, because guess what? The fake news doesn't carry his stuff. Fox News gets all worried and weird about carrying his stuff. So it's not easy. But I think at this point, in a way, he has the luxury. It's a bit of a luxury because when you get the this early on to start talking to the center, to start talking to the left, that's that's a good thing. That's a big advantage to do it this early. Um, what else? I just don't you think that would be really special, possibly? I think so. I think it could be huge. A, the other thing, if you've been watching this or listening to the Supreme Court stuff. Oh, boy, oh, boy, that is tough to listen to. What the hell are they talking about? I thought they were talking about, you know, uh, in, in Colorado, the Supreme Court there ruled that Trump could be kicked off the ballot because of January 6th. And uh, now I understand that. But when I listen to the Supreme Court, you have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, they're talking about stuff from other centuries Names you never heard of. It really now there are moments, moments, and this is true of any Supreme Court case. Basically, I noticed this. I used to live in Washington, and 
they had a radio station dedicated to Supreme Court oral arguments. And I, I used to listen to it, and I was fascinated by, you know, even if it was a cut-and-dried case, you know, Baskin-Robbins ice cream versus haagen and the issue is they stole our recipe for mint chocolate chip. Immediately, they're off to the races about this stuff about the, the caveats to the law and the the, the 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 junctions and the functions and the co-locations and the habeas corpuses and the I, what? And I understand some of that stuff, but some, like, no, you can't. You can hang on for about ninety seconds, and then you are completely lost. Doesn't matter how learned you are, unless you're one of these guys who does that stuff, this constitutional law stuff, maybe it's too hard, like, on purpose. Could that be? Whatever. I I was listening to the arguments, and I tried to f- cup, uh, a couple of moments that I could kind of hang on to, and this is a good one. This is Neil Gorsuch kind of busting the chops, Supreme Court ch- uh, style. This is not shock jock cable news style, but... In Supreme Court world, this is uh, this is a shutdown. Okay, Gorsuch going after the lawyer who uh, is in favor of Trump getting kicked off the ballot because of insurrection. Bogus case, by the way. Uh, cut sixteen. Three speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless, so, so it, it operates. You say that there's no. No legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under- That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. It doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is no, the No, de facto, that, w- that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside. Whoa, Mr. Murray, you better watch out with that de facto review stuff. I don't know what was going on, but Mr. Murray is in trouble. Not really, but uh, people try to know what they are going to do after it. You can't tell. You can't tell. There is a possibility that this Supreme Court with Justice Roberts, the weirdo that he is, and Kavanaugh, the fraidy cat that he is, could remove Trump from the Colorado ballot. In their minds, all hell will break loose, but maybe better now than later, and then they'll get their wish. Deep down, these people hate Trump, you know? It's just a possibility. It's a scary one. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Is the Greg Kelly Show? I told everybody uh, reviewed. Actually, I heard Greta uh, complaining about how she had not heard from Joe Biden, and I'm like, you know, you're right. After the bombs fall 
on another country. And when you're a superpower, the president, I don't care what party it is, is supposed to come out and tell the American people what just happened, what it means, what's going to happen next, and everything's going to be all right, right? I mean, when you're a superpower, that's kind of what you do. It's just part of the job description of president. And it sounds a little bit like this from Democrat and Republicans alike. Cut 18. Just two hours ago, Allied Air Forces began an attack on military targets in Iraq and Kuwait. These attacks continue as I speak. On Friday, I ordered our forces to launch a cruise missile attack on the Iraqi intelligence services principal command and control facility in Baghdad. U.S. Special Operations Forces executed a dangerous and daring nighttime raid in northwestern Syria and accomplished their mission in grand style. That is known as leadership, presidential leadership. It's one of the cool things, quite frankly, about being president. Joe did not say anything publicly about uh, the bombs that were sent in. Uh, you know, in retaliation for the soldiers they killed over there in Jordan. It was so strange, so muted. And I, I said yesterday, I think it's because Joe's compromised, compromised with at least China. And China, we know, is cozy with Iran. And isn't it at least conceivable that China telegraphed to Joe, uh, you better not mess too hard with our buddies in Iran. Get it? All right. And if you do a victory lap on this one, well, that may make us very, very upset with you. Look, they've got the goods on the sun, the sun, 10% for the big guy. This is not far-fetched. This is not crazy. This is the circumstantial evidence has brought me here, all right? He won't look the American public in the eye anymore. He won't look us in the eye. All right, Donald Trump, one of the many reasons why Donald Trump will vanquish Joe Biden He's not camera shy. When you're president or want to be president, you can't be camera shy. President Trump just came out. He already had something to say about the Supreme Court. I'll have it when we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Uh, yeah, one of the many reasons why Trump is going to do this, vanquish Joe Biden, is because uh, he's ready to go on camera. He doesn't need 50 hours of prep, right? He's ready to go and he'll come out and say things uh, multiple times a day. He's not uh, precious. Joe Biden is so precious, he's fragile, right? Needs uh, weeks of uh, prep and then he needs weeks of recovery. And Trump will and is running circles around him. So there he's all on top of the Supreme Court case, right? Listening to it all. You can only listen to it. They, they don't have cameras in there, but they have microphones in there. And most of the networks took him live all morning long. He is listening to him. And uh, and he comes out and says, hey, everybody, I'd like to talk about it. So uh, here we go. This is him in Mar-a-Lago just a few minutes ago. In watching the Supreme Court today, I thought it was very It's a very beautiful process. I hope that democracy in this country will continue uh, because right now we have a very, very tough situation with all of the radical left ideas, with the weaponization 
of uh, politics. They weaponized it like it's never been weaponized before. It's totally illegal, but they do it anyway. And it has to stop. Every one of the court cases that I'm involved, every single one, civil, whether it's the attorney generals or the district attorneys, you look at Fani in Georgia. They had many meetings with the White House and with the DOJ. They went there, eight-hour meetings. That was all staged. That was a phony hoax. And now you look at it, and it is a phony hoax. And hopefully that case will be dismissed in short order. It's a, it's a disgrace to this country. But they work together with the Justice Department and the White House. And I'm not supposed to do that. Every one of these cases you see comes out of the White House. It comes out of Biden. It's election interference, and it's really very sad. Uh, I thought the presentation today was a very good one. I think it was well-received. I hope it was well-received. You have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote, and they happen to want to vote for me or the Republican Party or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. But I'm the one running, and we are leading in every poll. We're leading in the uh, local polls, in the state polls, and we're leading in the swing state polls, and we're leading very big in the national polls. So it's been a very great honor. Well, um, could you imagine that if he is removed from the ballot, the people who say he's a threat to democracy, <laughs> they're trying to prevent us from voting for our preferred candidate, a democracy, demo. Demo, uh, if you go back to Greece, I think it has something to do with people, right? D-E-M-O, demo, people. Demo, we should. We have one of the most famous Greeks in all of New York. We should ask him. John Katsimatidis, I think demo has something to do with uh uh, the person, person, uh, it's a Greek origin. Anyway, it's of and by the people and the people, at least a big chunk of us would like to vote for Trump and they are trying to take him off the ballot. It is kind of unthinkable, but the unthinkable has become somehow rather ho-hum, you know, we're accustomed to it. And this is just another thing that he is going to get through. But remember we can't just kick back and, you know, watch it like it's some reality TV show and we get a kick out of Trump and we watch him fight these battles. And it's just amazing to see him pull the rabbit out of the hat. We got to help him. We got to help him. We got to do what we can. And no matter who you are, where you are, uh, you can do something. Now, Barbara will call us a little bit later and remind us who that guy was back in the 18th century who said, even if you can do only a little, it would be a real tragedy if you don't do it. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what your talent is, but at the very least, uh, maybe give a little bit of money, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks. Who cares? Um, a thousand people giving one dollar is a thousand times better than one guy giving a thousand bucks. What else can we do? We can, um, I don't know, volunteer, uh, uh, call your congressman. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, there's got to be more, right? <laughs> and vote and vote. You got to participate. And don't be afraid to be a big mouth on social media. And too many people, we've given up, uh, we've given up social media to the liberals now. Even Elon Musk Twitter or X, and God bless Elon Musk, that man, what, <laughs> he's a free speech advocate. But there are only so many people you can hire to run a tech company. And a lot of them lean left. So X still has its issues. Freedom of speech. And how about this? Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Saturday Night Live anymore, but I think it's pretty ironic and pretty cool 
that that comedian named Shane Gillis, is that a famous guy? Shane Gillis is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live this coming Saturday. And good for Shane Gillis. Never heard of him. Remember back in the day, Steve Martin is hosting Saturday Night Live, and everybody in the world knew who that was. Um, you know, Eddie Murphy will be hosting. The former star will be hosting. Everybody in the world knows who that is. Shane Gillis, I don't think everybody knows who that is, but he has quite a story. Uh, about five years ago or so, uh, he was picked to be a cast member on Saturday Night Live, which sounds like a great gig, but it's apparently not so great. It doesn't pay that well. It's ultra competitive. Half the cast doesn't even get into the skits anymore. They feel like extras, and they basically, it's all about having, you know, big stars on like Alec Baldwin and people like that. They, they take all the spots, the guest hosts and the guests. So Shane Gillis was hired for Saturday night live. And then what do they do? They went through his old Twitter account or some podcast. He was on 10 years earlier and he said something that was not politically correct. It was something, uh, I think it had something to do with gender. I don't know, but it was, oh, this does not comport with the values of Saturday Night Live. So he loses that opportunity. They won't hire him. He's basically fired before he even starts the job. Uh, and he's disappointed. And uh, But guess what he does? He goes out and becomes a big star on his own anyway. And he fills some theaters and he becomes, he's just works on his act and gets funnier and more successful. And now he's hosting Saturday Night Live. You know, it's it's amazing how things work. It's 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 quite frankly it's out you can look it up. It's in the Bible things like this, right? Adversity uh, brings on growth if you handle it the right way. An amazing opportunity. Um so he's hosting and good for him. Um Carlotta hasn't talked called in a while and she's in Rhode Island. I do want to find out what's on your mind, Carlotta. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fine. Uh, I heard you yesterday talking about Jessica Crumbly, and uh, you saw the end of the show. And you know how they're trying to remove the president for insurrection? Well, that seems to be a trend now because she was convicted and indicted, of course, of a law which does not exist in Maryland. It is not against the law not to lock up the firearms. So that poor woman, I was so glad to hear you sympathetic to her. And uh, that just seems to be the way it's going. You can indict the traditional ham sandwich now. <laughs> well, Carlotta, thank you for that. I was uh, I saw that you wanted to say yeah, Jennifer Crumbly here. I, uh, I I'm curious. Thank you because I said it out loud. Jennifer, it was Michigan, by the way, but Jennifer Crumbly is the mother of this kid, this maniac. Unfortunately, he was 15 years old, had all kinds of problems, but you know, was still walking the streets and going to high school. I had problems when I was in high school. I mean, when you're 15, by definition, you have problems. But this kid shot up the school, killed four people. And uh, there was a gun in the house. And you're right, there was no law that was broken by the parents. They were allowed to buy the gun. The kid was allowed access to that gun. It's not against the law. And this woman who, I mean, let's face it, she's already paid a horrible price. She's been in jail for two years, involuntary manslaughter. She even said out loud, I wish he had killed me. This woman has lost everything. Did you notice that, Carlotta? I felt like she was being punished for more than the shooting. I think, you know, society right now, a, a, 
the chunk of our culture is so mad at women, especially white women, and they're taking their frustrations out where they can. And I, I feel like it was it was unfair. And there's something else going on. Did you pick that up? Yes, and I like the way you phrased it. You said the Karenization of uh, white women. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said yesterday. All right. Well, thank you for agreeing with me, because quite frankly, every now and then I, I, I start talking about something and I'm wondering, uh, you know, am I on thin ice on this one? And uh, and that's OK. Sometimes you're on thin ice. Sometimes the ice doesn't even hold. And you it's just, sometimes you fall into the frozen lake and uh, and you get out. Um, but, um, you know, it's you guys I care about, you know, seriously. It's one thing if the left is mad at you. You know, I can I don't care. Um it's it's a sign that you're on the right track, but when you when your friends get annoyed with you, when your friends and those you really care about, it's uh it's time to listen. You got to re- really listen. I'm not saying I'm going to reverse myself or anything like that, but there are some people out there on our side who believe, nope, that woman is guilty and this that and the other thing and that that weapon and she never should have. Well, I don't see it that way. Um Thank you for that. Hey, do me a favor. We got that other montage from, yeah, part two from, go ahead with that one, please, Rich. The only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. This guy's saying his MAGA Republican friends want to repeal the historic climate legislation I got passed. Trump and his MAGA friends are determined to take away your freedoms. Like the freedom to vote. Trump and his MAGA friends are dividing us, not uniting us. So I just played that. That's over the past couple of days. Remember, he said nothing really about the military strike, which you think, okay, if you want to unify the country, well, even I, a fierce Joe Biden critic, you know, when America attacks its enemies, counterattacks, retaliates for an attack on our troops, you know what? For six hours... I'm going to be supportive, all right? I'm going to put the partisanship down and say, okay, I'm glad you did this, finally, maybe a little bit too light, but, right? That's a bit, that's unifying. If you really want to unify, why didn't, he, why didn't he take that opportunity? I play that because, man, is he sleepy, right? Sleepy Joe. When Donald Trump first came up with that, that line, I didn't think it quite worked. I didn't, like... I mean, really, think about it. 2019, Joe wasn't as sleepy as he... And now he's coma. He's dead. It's amazing. It totally works. Sleepy Joe. Uh, Everybody now knows this can't go on. It can't. It's impossible. There's no way. There's no way. Did you see Tucker Carlson over there in Russia with Vladimir Putin? Good for him. I don't see what the big deal is. Was Did everybody wet their pants when uh, Mike Wallace went over to talk to uh, Vladimir Putin? No. Um, Megyn Kelly's been over there to talk to Vladimir Putin. That's fine. And now uh, Tucker Carlson goes over there to talk to Vladimir Putin. Now, has anybody seen the Vladimir Putin interview yet? There's been a lot of hype about it. I'll, tell you, I'll say this about Tucker. I'll say a lot of good things about Tucker, including he's very good at marketing. He teases things out in the most interesting way. Cut 14. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, 
most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. He's right, isn't he? How... Remember when Nikki Haley couldn't name uh, the three provinces that are contested right now in Ukraine? And there's no bigger Ukraine hawk uh, than Nikki Haley and the interest she represents. $60 billion tucked into that uh, so-called border bill. Uh, We deserve more understanding. And I think talking to Vladimir Putin, the big adversary here, the big boogeyman, why not talk to them? Well, you hear they want to put the European Union is talking about imposing sanctions on Tucker Carlson, sanctions on Tucker Carlson, as if he's a, a nation state. And just talking to the guy, why would they be afraid of us just talking to the guy? Hmm. Amazing job. Once again, Tucker Carlson. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, it was nice to talk to that Mozzie Pillip. Very interesting woman from Great Neck, Long Island. She is running for Congress uh, for uh, George Santos's open seat. She is uh, endorsed by the Republican Party, and very interesting. She's uh, born in Ethiopia. Um, spent a lot of time in Israel. She's Jewish. She was in the Israeli Defense Forces. Um, moves to America. Uh, with her husband, um, a totally legal citizen here many years, seven children on the legislative council in Nassau County, and she is uh, a fierce, common-sense uh, conservative. Uh, she talked to us yesterday. I thought she was great, and uh, I'm impressed. And I think, uh, I think, I look, I can't endorse anybody, but you see how... <laughs> Republicans are barely holding on to majority. She's going to vote Republican. I want to see her there. Tom Swazi, nice guy. However, I think he went a little bit too left when the party started going left. When AOC showed up, man, all the previously sane people in the Democrat Party started to lose their minds. 
Schumer's a great example. I mean, Schumer's been a jerk for a very long time, but he saw, okay, the party's going this way, and he's going to go, he, he's just going to go, forget it, forget it. He's unrecognizable. The guy from Brooklyn who went to James Madison High School, right, grew up a block from James Madison High School. He was a champion of the middle class his whole career, fighting for the middle class, and he kept his mouth shut, and he didn't step in to prevent it. When they closed the school in the middle of a school week last month, on a Wednesday night, they said, kids, don't come to school tomorrow. The illegal aliens are taking over. For Schumer to just sit that that shows you how crazy left and weird that party is gone. And good luck to Mozzie Pillip, P-I-L-I-P. She's um, running. The election is next Tuesday. But you can vote by mail, mazie, M-A-Z-I-F-O-R-N-Y dot com, mazie4newyork.com. Russ, hello. Oh, hey, 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 Greg. Uh, you know, I, it was a great interview you had with Mozzie. I didn't notice. Did you ask her if she is still a Democrat and why she ever was a Democrat? Yes, we talked about I mean, that. I, we talked about that yesterday. Hey, listen, and I, I addressed that uh, I've been a Democrat before when I was living in Washington, D.C. in 2004. Uh, so yeah, we talked about that and, um, I liked her answer. So what else is, uh, up? I'll, I'll look in the archive for it. Thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jennifer Crumley, Jennifer Crumley, she and the father purchased a gun for this kid's birthday. And the fact that they're making an example of her, I don't think that's a problem. If there are some parents who decide not to purchase a handgun. Well, number one, you're, that, child, that, that, like, like, our, um, like Carlotta said, that's not against the law. It's not against the law. You don't like it? Create a law. The lawmakers, that's what they do all day long. Nobody ever thought to come up with the law against this. So she didn't break the law. And then I hear, oh, well, she was skiing on the mountain too much. Well, that's not against the law either. She should have been there more for her son. Well, how do you prove that? How do you prove that? When I was 15 years old, what the hell was that? Ninth grade. All right, I was going to school full-time. My mom worked, had very loving parents, but, you know, at ninth grade, you're not exactly uh, looking to hang out with your mom, right? You're looking to kind of get away from the house as much as you can. Go out at night, maybe, sneak out, you know. You're up to, you're up to mischief when you're... So I don't, I don't get... It. She didn't break the law. They didn't convince me that she's a bad parent, Somebody said, well, in her text messages, she only used the word love three times. I mean, I look at my text messages. Call me. What's up? <laughs> Please call. Hello. Uh, and some other things. I mean, whatever. So, no. As usual, Russ, we disagree on pretty much everything, but that's okay. <laughs> 